Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben and with me here today is Brandon. What's up? Not much, man. How you doing? Doing all right. Also with me is Dave, the handsome one. The, How you doing? The bearded one. The yeah, bearded the, one. Dumpy Dave and the beardy boys. That's right. Dumpy Dave and the beard. Holy shit. Can I play the washboard? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it has to be on Dave's abs. I got a couple spoons. The washboard abs. Um, fair. They're under there, fair. Some, they're under there somewhere. <laughs> now, I think you're probably a lot closer to washboard abs than Brandon or I are, especially me. But th- but I think even Brandon a little bit. Well, the, the, for everyone, they're 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 under there somewhere. They're that's just, true. That's there's, right. There's protection over top. That's right. Brandon, you're gonna be your birthday is coming up, so that's everybody right. in the Discord wish Brandon a happy birthday. Yes. Um. Thank you. But also. Uh, you're going on vacation. We were just talking about it. I was like, you know what? Why are we talking about that? Let's just yeah. roll and talk about it. Yeah, no. Um, so, so tell me about your about your extravaganza that's happening. Yeah, no, it's 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 my birthday, and I'm not like a let's make a week of it type of person, but I have the vacation, and so I thought to myself, Brandon, you're fatigued. Take some time, and yeah. that's exactly what so I it's did. There for right? Exactly. Um, so I went ahead and took extra extra days on either side of my vacation i'm only going to be going somewhere for about two days um it's kind of like a little quick thing a jaunt if you will yep but uh nonetheless i'm really excited just to do nothing yeah. i'm gonna get caught up on some video games that aren't elden ring and yeah. uh just i'm really excited to not have to talk to people i don't want to talk to all day right so right because um, that's like your whole job that is actually my entire job yes yeah um is there ever anyone you do want to talk to? Like you see someone come in and you're like, yes, no, no, okay. no, not really. Okay. <laughs> um, there are people that it's more pleasant to talk to, but yeah. um, sometimes part of me wishes, well, sometimes part of me thinks, I don't know if customer service is the right thing for me anymore, but yeah. you know, I go back and forth with that all the time because I'm not necessarily bad at it. Right. And if I actually try, it's just like socially draining and it, to be honest, at most points, demoralizing. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what I have to grapple with every day. But fuck all that, because the point being is I got the next couple of days off. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, y'all got anything big well, going on? I was just going to reflect on that for a minute. I was going to say that I used to work at a college. And yeah. when I worked at the college, I worked in, um, in recruiting. And then I moved on to like a, a financial aid kind of mostly desk job. And when I was in recruiting, you know, it was varying, like you're trying to get people to do something you want them to do, but also like you're actually like forming relationships with these people. So like it was right. varying depending on the day. Every day I could deal with somebody I absolutely couldn't stand and somebody I loved to death. Sure. But when I worked in financial aid, it was very predictable because there were certain people are very unpredictable. Um, 
there were certain people that you knew if they called and they were part of this particular program, it was always going to be a miserable time to talk to them. Sure. If they were from this other program, it was always going to be amazing to talk to them because they were going to be really cool. And if they called and you didn't know what program they were from, you know, then it's, then it's a toss up. But it was like, sometimes there was this one particular dude, I worked in financial aid. So I was dealing with like students and their parents. And most of the time when you're dealing with money in college, you're dealing with a lot of parents um, during that. And there was this one dad who used to call me up and, uh, talk to me about financial stuff and he got it like he understood it it was mostly just trying to figure out what's next it was never like a hassle or anything but then he found out I was into like craft beer and so he'd just call me up sometimes to talk about just, beer just and I'm like look yeah. I'm talking look I'm talking to a client here I don't yeah. have I'm not gonna like cut this conversation short I'm just sitting there talking for 45 minutes to this guy I barely know about yeah. different types of beer so that was fun but Sounds all right. I definitely had those those days and weeks and months where you just talk to no one you like yeah and would never talk to them if you had your choice I understand. yeah no i mean ultimately it's fine um i'm uh let's just say blessed let's say that yeah i'm blessed with living in an area that has an incredibly aging demographic yes. um that yes, lives in are. our town and um it's very trying for that reason i've actually worked two customer service jobs in this same town That's with true. an incredibly old population and both of them have been trying and completely different and um well your old job was in tech somewhat too true so true. was that more difficult or less difficult i don't want to necessarily I, talk about what your current job right is, right right yeah. at least i didn't have to see them face to face okay i feel like there's an you know people will say whatever they want over the phone and yes. i used to work a phone job and that is what it is but there's some other kind of disrespect when a person that can barely realize that they need to swipe their card and enter a pin the same thing that they do every time they use it uh-huh. um and, and then then like insults me for being stupid <laughs> right and, and you know i'm just looking at you the machine is dinging ding ding take out your card and it's like okay now now it's now time to take, take out, out your card yeah, yeah. so yeah um there's something different altogether about when that's face to face um and it's just a different beast yeah it really is yeah i've always held that um, people like everybody, you know how they have like mandatory, uh, military service in some countries. Uh-huh. Yes. I think it should be like mandatory call center service for oh, everybody yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. in North America, just so you can get an appreciation of what, what real customer service is like, because yeah. there's a different sort of barrier that people have where it's like when you're on the phone, like right. everybody's really, really brave <laughs> And it's right. different when you're face to face. And I, I did that for a couple of years too. So yeah. when I, I rise like to actually... power, I'm going to make that mandatory that everybody <laughs> has to do two years of, of call center uh, rite of passage before they can actually enter the workforce properly. Right. I think right. I might actually be nicer to customer service people over like, you know, when you can go on and do chat rooms. I think I'm nicer to them over ch- on chat rooms than I am in person. And I don't mean I'm ever like mean to people intentionally, but just like I have much more understanding on the on the chat room things when you can talk to somebody for whatever reason. It doesn't make any logical sense than I am when I'm looking at them and they're telling me I'm wrong as opposed to when they're telling me I'm wrong on the Internet. Yeah. Um, because I think I just hate the Internet so much that. Yeah, I don't know. Dave, what about you? Have you uh, have you found any people you hate this week at work? No, uh, I haven't. And actually, so I've been working remotely for three months or sorry, since November. Um, and just last week and today were my first times going into work and meeting. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a permanent remote job for you. 
No, well, it's it's probably going to be hybrid, but okay. uh, I, I personally want to to work from the college at least a couple days a week. Okay. So last Thursday was my first day in, and then today was my second day, and uh, it's it's weird. Like you're introducing yourself and meeting people for the first time that you've interacted with like a lot over the right. past several months. So it's kind of a weird experience, but it's it's nice and sort of Brandon to, to you know what you were saying about customer service. I made a pretty solemn oath to myself when I was looking to get out of my last job that like, I'm 34. I've done my dues. I'm, I'm going to actively look for something where I'm not going to be dealing with the public on a regular basis. Cause right. I know what it's like. Man. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's draining. It's, yeah. it's, it really is. And you know, I think once you get to a certain point, it's, it's nice to be able to make that decision where it's like, no, you know what? I want to work with other professional people. I don't want to deal with the public because, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's really tough. Yeah, but. yeah, it really is. I uh, my my job is entirely almost entirely funded with crowdfunding, um, and people supporting on Patreon. So I uh, love all of my customers and don't dislike any of them. <laughs> just in case any of them happen to be listening. So that's how that's going. But speaking of crowdfunding. Handsome Phantom, HP Podcast. We're on Patreon. You can go over and support us at Handsome Phantom. No, patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom. And support us for as little as a dollar a month if you want. Uh, get ad-free early access to the show. Uh, you can hop in our Discord over at handsomephantom.com slash Discord. Hang out with us there and uh, chat a bit if you like. Uh, this is a show mostly about video games, sometimes about people we hate at work and going on vacation. So you get a little uh, sorry, bit of a mix I, of everything. I can't let you go too much further because I have to say that that is going to go into the Hall of Fame of segues into the Patreon spiel. So good job. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm glad because sometimes I just forget it straight out. I just yeah, totally no, forget that was, it. You led into it perfectly there. So good love work. It, love it, I was love looking it. at the clock and I'm like, we're 10 minutes in and we haven't started. And the show's usually only an hour, so we should probably get going. And I could waste like another 30 seconds by explaining my thought process behind it if I wanted to. Like I'd just keep talking. Anyway. Yes, but what about Sea of Thieves? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. Guys, uh, let's start out with this. This will be a real short one. The release of Rocksteady's Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed until spring of 2023. Now, I don't know if either of you guys are really excited about this. I'm excited about it strictly from the fact that I am a gigantic superhero comic book nerd and love all media related to it. Well, not all media, but most media related to it. Uh, but basically, uh, they say that we've made the difficult decision. This is via Twitter. Made the difficult decision to delay Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League the spring 2023. I know a delay is frustrating, but that time is going into making the best game we can. I look forward to bringing the chaos of two Metropolis together. Thank you for your patience. Dave, is there any hype from you on Suicide Squad, the game? Um, yeah, I, there is. I For a couple of reasons. One, um, I think this sort of anti-hero approach to uh, this superhero video game genre is is going to be an interesting one. Obviously, the um, you know I, I assume this is going to be around the Suicide Squad, or it is around the Suicide Squad. Um, but you know we we've seen a lot of just sort of the actual like good superheroes in video games the last little while. So it'll be nice to see a, a slightly different approach, at least from a narrative perspective. Um, and then the second reason why I think this is going to be good is in, in the infancy of my video game years, superhero games were never really good. 
Um, yes. You know, it was it was tough to come across a good one. And I think the Batman Arkham series kind of changed all that. And we've had a number of, you know, really good superhero uh, video games since then. Obviously, the Avengers was a big bust, but that was followed up by um, uh, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. So, I mean, I, I have sort of a renewed um, sort of hope in this. And in the this, Spidey games are amazing. The Spider-Man games, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this could be really, really good. And it's rock steady. So that's 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 always going to be a, a have potential for success. So, um, you know, we, we'll probably talk about this later. But there was another video game that was just delayed into spring 2023 uh, earlier today. So I'm sure Rocksteady isn't super happy. And hopefully there's some some distance between those two games. But uh yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Guardians is actually next on my list of games to play. It's on Game Pass. So, uh, you know, you two have talked this game up quite a bit. So, um, yeah, I'm, I have I have no reason to, to find fault with, with, with this game so far. So, obviously, we need to see a little bit more of it. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Brandon, the game that Dave was referencing, the other game that's been delayed... Uh, is uh, Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever the sequel is going to be called, uh, is also delayed into spring 2023. Now, this one we've known about for a little while, and I'm I'm throwing this to you because I know about your hatred for Nintendo, and I share it a lot of the time. Sure. But I also know that you really did enjoy Breath of the Wild. So how are you feeling about this one? And you could comment on the Suicide Squad one, too. Yeah, no, let me say first, I agree with Dave. Um, I think it's going to be great that Rocksteady is doing something slightly different. Um... I think it's good if they need more time to push it back. Um, I would encourage anybody to go to YouTube. If you watched the original release of this trailer, mm-hmm. um, the one that PlayStation put out, go back and watch it on YouTube. You could watch it in 60 frames a second, and it actually feels way different. I'm going to yeah. be completely honest. Um, they didn't broadcast it in 60, um, which I think was kind of weird. Um, but really excited for that. Um, and to answer your second question, um, I am excited for Breath of the Wild. I really am. Um, I think it's been strange how little information. I guess it's not abnormal for Nintendo to do this. Yeah. I just, I guess I probably could have predicted a delay with how little we've seen. Yeah. But I didn't expect it to happen. If I would have thought about it, I would have said, okay, maybe this will get delayed. But I didn't expect Nintendo mm-hmm. to delay the game especially because it's been so long since they first teased it right you know what i mean so yeah uh, and nintendo if very rarely announces release dates or release windows before they're positive about it right and so for them to not only do that made me think or to do that made me think they were pretty confident right but then they have to at that point give a a shout that it's going to be delayed which i think it was like slated for the end of the year so for them to push it back already this early means they're yeah. getting out ahead of it, I feel like. Yeah, so I wonder what that's about, honestly. Um, for how long this game has been in development, I really wonder at what point the game had to have been in now for them to say, hey, we need to get this next year. They're just, they just they're learning their lessons from Elden Ring, you know? I don't know. And, <laughs> and, and that's not necessarily the point I'm making, but yeah. it, it kind of does make you make you think. It's yeah. like... I don't know. I just think everything about this has been weird. We got we got such an early video trailer with all the mystical stuff with Ganondorf and all that and and the weird skeleton dude. Right. Um, and then it's been Very nothing. descriptive, by the way. If you've watched it, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. But, you know, it's just been nothing since then. And, I, and now we're just getting a delay. So 
I am excited about it, but as excited as I can be about playing any game on my Switch, um, and that is not very much. Yeah. Um, so I, I think of anything, this would make me come back the most. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, probably more more excited at this very moment for uh, the Suicide Squad game. Yeah. Than, yeah. Than Breath of the Wild. But I guess we'll see. I just think it's been a weird lead up to the game, uh, Breath of the Wild 2. So I just hope they don't fuck it up somehow. Dave, are you excited about the sequel to Breath of the Wild? Um, have they confirmed that they've removed weapon degradation from the game? I don't believe they've confirmed that. And I would say that that's not going to happen. Dead game. It's yeah, dead game. brutal. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I was happy to hear about the delay today personally because holiday is always a busy time for games. But for me personally, there's already three games that I know I want to get day one. What are they? Uh, uh, they are uh, God of War, which I believe uh -huh. is holiday, end of the year still. Um, they haven't really said. Yeah. I think that's just the speculation. Uh, Gotham Knights, uh -huh. I still yes. have really high hopes for. Um, and I think I've turned into a Call of Duty shill, so I'll probably oh. be be there day one. Well, it's not um, coming out. Sorry. That's next year. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I just wanted to scare you. <laughs> me for a second there. No, no, no. We're getting Modern Warfare 2, man. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this being pushed off, I'm happy to hear about that. And, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's a Zelda game. Kind of going back to what you said about, like, this seems weird. Uh, it, it's kind of, it seems clear to me that they just need more time on the game. And I don't know if they saw the Elden Ring stuff and they're like, we can't launch like that. But it, I don't think it's a, like a, a, I don't think it's a business move because Zelda can go toe to toe with literally anything yes. in the gaming industry yes. and go up on top. And I'm sure Nintendo you know, when, in general can. Yeah. I sure when, you know, um, Sony Santa Monica and Activision saw that news today, they were, they breathed the collective sigh of relief. Cause it's like, okay, we don't have to go toe to toe with that. So uh, I, I just simply think it, it probably came down to, you know, this is going to be a massive game. It's, it's pushing, what was originally old hardware um and and i think they just need more time on it but again it's 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 not a huge delay so um yeah i'm i'm looking forward to this i saw today someone speculate and i don't really know that there's any basis for this but uh you know we've been hearing for a long time about a switch pro we thought the the oled the swoled was going to be the switch pro is it possible that they will release in the near future a new switch variant and that this will be either available on it or be a port or something along those lines. I want, I, I obviously none of us actually know that, but I'm just curious. Right. Like, what do you think about that, Brandon? Do you think, do you think it's time for a new switch? I think it was time for a new switch a year ago, yeah. but um, the OLED kind of did that, but not really. Right. Um, I want more power is what I want. Um, and I'd be willing to pay more for it, but I want I Mario at 120 FPS, all right? No, no, no. And that's, <laughs> and that's not even what I'm saying. Yeah. I just feel like I don't want my shit to look like a PS2 game. Right. Um, and not all experiences have to be graphical. That's right. not what I'm saying. Um, but there is undeniably performance and graphical issues to almost every single Switch game that is available. Right. Um, compared to modern games, as right. far as I'm concerned. Um, but... I would love to see something more powerful. I don't think I would bite, to be honest. Um, I think I would be just happy with what I had. Uh, I'm not willing to spend more than I've already spent. But um, yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe they they got something in the works to make Breath of the Wild 2 better than it was. I mean, I was just thinking about this when Dave was talking. Like, I, 
I don't know how much more grand this game could possibly be than the first one with the current hardware limitations. To be honest with you, like how much better could it possibly look? How much bigger could the open world possibly be? How many more weapons could you possibly add when I, I feel like there really is technical limitations to right. the physical hardware? So sure. I don't know. Not not that I'm poo-pooing it. I mean, Nintendo could figure it out. They they made a 10 out of 10 for the first game. I can't take that away from it. I do love that game. And I, and I don't want to get that twisted by what I'm saying and my hate for Nintendo. Breath of the Wild, amazing game. But I just don't know what they're going to do with the second one and how it can be much different or much more grand um, when they got this old-ass hardware. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. Well, we will see. Um, we'll see what it looks like. I'm sure it's going to be a great game. Uh, of course, it's got a lot of expectations to live up to. So hopefully they do does, a good dude. job with it. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that game has not left anybody's lips in five years now. I, I do Ultimately, I think Breath of the Wild is just going to come out and everyone's going to be disappointed. No yeah. matter what. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like the first one came at the right time. It worked with the hardware at the time and it was like a once in a generation type thing. And I just hope they can re-catch that lightning in the bottle. Um, but It's been a couple of years since I've dove in to Breath of the Wild at all and played it. Because even after I had finished it, I went back a couple of times just to goof around and like, right. oh, I saw this thing on Reddit. I want to try it. Sure. But I was watching my son play it the other day, and I was like, oh, it's so framey. Like, it's 30 FPS, it's and I just so like, forget the, yeah, how so bad it looks. I mean, it didn't look bad at the time, sure, certainly. And it, frankly, it in did. a vacuum, it doesn't look bad. It did look bad. Yeah, it did kind of look bad then. But even then, we were excited like, to play it. Yeah. There were so many fewer games I had played in 60 FPS by that right. point, even. Right. Even though I've been playing you know, on PC for a long time, so that's going to be, right. you know. Anyway, speaking of games that look great, or look bad or whatever uh sony is discontinuing or has discontinued uncharted fortune hunter now i'm sure you guys everybody knows all about fortune hunter and it's your favorite thing uh but basically what the fuck is that <laughs> it's a game for ios and android uh this came out i think today is today the 20 the game came out they, they discontinued <laughs> no, no no this release came out today uncharted fortune hunter is being discontinued as of today in-game purchases of treasure maps and bags of orbs have been disabled and the game is no longer available for download from the apple app or google play stores however it you may continue to play the game in offline mode until it's removed from your mobile device and really this I mean, I don't think any of us have ever played this game right it's, it's a mobile I, game I, I didn't know it existed yeah so it so that's not really the point, but my point is we talk a lot about preserving games. Uh, you know, if a game comes out in a system and then it's discontinued or it goes offline or whatever and you can't play it anymore, and, like, that's upsetting and we want to be able to see those games continue to be played. But this specific thing made me think about, like, this is a... Yeah, it's a mobile game, but it's a mainline franchise. It's a Sony first-party franchise. Uncharted is a huge, gigantic name. The, the, the freaking movie with Tom Holland six-pack superstar just came out and it did amazing numbers yeah really good and, numbers. and this game is still going offline but it made me think about like what about all the mobile games that are never going to be available to play in the future and there are some good mobile games plenty of good mobile games yeah. as a matter of fact maybe not as good as pc or, or console games but there's so many games that will never be obtainable to people uh after they go offline yeah. and i just don't know how i feel about that brandon 
you're not really a mobile gamer, right? No, no. And neither am I. But yeah, mobile games have never really grabbed me in any sort of way. Um, I've certainly had my flings with a mobile game or two, but it's usually fleeting and it dies off quick. Sure. Um, like sometimes good things do. Um, but I don't know. It really, I guess this can be said for almost anything though. And I mean, in 2000 years, none of this is going to matter. Anything we've said, everyone we love, all the memories of us are going to be gone. So it does kind of suck, but I guess it sucks less when we're talking about mobile games. Sure. For me personally. Yeah. Now I know there's a, a, a large population of the entire earth Yes. That plays mobile games. I just don't think that's, I don't know. Is, is it not as much of a U.S. thing? Is it our age? Because I would imagine that younger people probably play more phone games than I do. I think younger people, but also older people. Okay. Uh, we're kind of in the right or right age group to, to be wrong for mobile the mobile market. But also the fact that like we kind of grew up as console generation kids right and we're still console people or or pc whatever like mainline platforms right but for a lot of people uh that may even be the same age range as us who never got their super nintendo when they were four years old or never played on 64 or haven't adopted into the ps5 family or whatever if they're just a casual player, mobile games are a big part of, of many people's lives that would not consider themselves gamers, but are playing games right. every day. Candy, Candy many, Crush? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, my mom loved Pac-Man in the arcade. We, we, uh, my dad got her a, a, like a cabinet console oh, this yeah. year. Of yeah. it. Um, but she she plays some like mobile stupid games while she's watching TV late at night after work or whatever. Yeah. So like, you know, there are there is a huge segment of the population and certainly like we're not the people who in in 15 years are going to care about uh uncharted fortune hunters legacy and what happened to it but like there are games out there that i'm i'm trying to think of some specifics but yeah. like it's what like about monument island i think is in that a really good one um monument valley that's what it is that, that, that's a great game but i'm even thinking of like think about flappy bird dave do you remember sure. flappy bird oh big time okay so Flappy Bird, and maybe things have changed Dude, since I think I know that's about already it. gone, though. That's what I'm saying. Flappy Bird was this gigantic cultural touch point where even people who didn't play mobile games were checking it out. And the developer got so overwhelmed, he took it off the market, and it's, it was no longer available. So phones with Flappy Bird installed on them were selling on eBay for $1,000 or more, or, or, yeah, way more, maybe. And there's games like that that are just like moments in time that we will never get back. Right. And you don't have many, even the games that like, for instance, um, uh, something on the PS one that's never been ported, never been backwards compatible, whatever. There are games on the PS one that are never going to be available again. But if you have a PS one, you can still go back and play it. Right. Games like flappy bird. And in this case, uncharted fortune hunter will literally let's specifically, let's talk about flappy bird. Somebody's going to see a meme from 2012 or whatever year that game came out in 2040 and be like what the fuck oh is I, this? you know what i gotta try this because i like i, I like technology and it let's go back in time and, and check this right. retro game out sure and guess what there's no there's no way to yeah so th- those kind of things are just it's just a fascinating study to me like right. a, a thought study of um what happens to these mobile games especially that get taken offline or taken off the store entirely and they're just not preserved in any way shape or form uh for the the general public at least i don't know speaking of getting taken off 
Uh, it's as quickly as it came, it was gone. The Fast and the Furious game, I think, is getting delisted here too. Is it really the one that was super big announced with uh, yeah w- with Findy? So yeah, I think I saw that today on Reddit. It's getting delisted. Now. Life comes at you fast, right? Yeah, it really fast does. and furious. As a matter of fact, it is funny though the way it just you made me think how it's almost like mobile gaming kind of skipped our generation, mm-hmm. like um obviously the younger generation uh i've got 12 year old nephews as an example they have a nintendo switch they have an oculus and i'm pretty sure they spend 75 percent of their gaming time on an ipad or their iphones and that's it and -hmm. then you look at like you know you mentioned like candy crush and stuff like that it's like those are more likely to be played by an older generation so it's like us console gamers are stuck in the middle and we're flanked by these other two generations who are big in mobile gaming. So I don't know what that means for the future, but um, you know, you bring up the arcade thing and like we weren't as likely to go to arcades because we just didn't grow up with that. So what does that mean for the future of, of consoles and what, you know, the way that we game. So right. um, the Uncharted thing really sounds like it was an experiment and sure. Sony yeah. was like, we don't care if this fails, but if it's going to succeed, then this is the property that will probably push it there. And, right. um, you know, we've seen other uh, franchises diversify successfully, like Call of Duty, um, and it probably just didn't pan out <laughs> or get received or, as as you guys joked about, like, we didn't even hear about this. So clearly right. it wasn't promoted very well. So, um, well, well, think yeah. about like, um, I, I don't give a shit about Kingdom Hearts anymore, but... Think about Kingdom Hearts. I think there's a mobile game that actually has like lore to the mainline. Yeah. And granted, the, the whole lore system of Kingdom Hearts. But like there's a mobile game with lore in it. And there will be a time when it is no longer possible. I assume if it's a, like any other mobile game ever where it gets delisted and there's no way to ever get that lore other than through a Wikipedia article or Damn. something. True. That it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's fascinating to me yeah. that like we focus so much on game preservation except for the games we don't like. But, but is that bad? Uh, maybe, maybe not. No, I don't know. I'd say maybe there's too many games sometimes. Yes. I mean, for instance, if you're ever curious, just go to the to the new releases on Steam, new releases on PlayStation. Yeah. You see a lot of trash. Sure. I mean, just a lot of just bottom of the barrel bullshit. And I really don't want to play a phone game on my PS5. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um. So maybe, but, that, maybe that isn't so bad. And you said something earlier, Ben. I wonder if this uncharted game was like a cash grab for the new movie oh uh no i think it was a little older than that was it yeah okay i was gonna say i, I oh, wonder let me look at the point you're talking about. i wonder if they weren't seeing a return on it they were thinking hey this new movie maybe we'll we'll pump the numbers with some microtransactions and it's been long enough now that i wouldn't be surprised if they didn't see numbers from the movie release that they would just can it sure but i don't know just speculation but curious nonetheless so yeah. yeah, and that, that concept of of ownership in media is is really changing. And I think we'll probably talk about it a little bit more when we get into the PS Plus stuff. But, you know, even just the idea of backwards compatibility or playing old games on, on new hardware seems to be sort of going extinct. And I, we'll talk about the generations now. Um, you know, the, the generation of owning a copy of something, whether it be a movie or uh, a TV series or a video game or some music. It's just like you don't really own anything anymore and it can disappear at any time. So it's it's sounds like it's no different when it comes to mobile games. Yeah, that's precisely why I still buy physical. I, for ease of access, I would love to be digital. 
I would love it. It'd be so much easier. But Dave, I, what you just said really hits me in the feels. Like I, I don't know. I want to be able to want to be able to hold it. And when it's gone and my PlayStation is tucked away, I still have the game sitting there that I could physically look at, even if the PlayStation's away. So, yeah, so I, know, I know Phil has strong feelings about this and he's always 100% physical because it's just, it's an ownership thing. Like you want to hold that thing in your hand and you want to know that you're always going to have it. So right. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, but that's all changing and it's, yeah. it's, I don't know, five years from now, even it's, it's going to be a weird concept to go and buy a copy of something that you can hold in your hand. So Uncharted Fortune Hunter came out in 2016, and okay. I think it was a, a spinoff for um, Uncharted 4. Gotcha. And um, it looks like it's a puzzle game, uh, maybe in the style of like the uh, Hitman Go or the Lara Croft Tomb Raider Go games. Okay, sounds kind of fun. I'm going to try it out. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> try it out. See how it goes. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. I, and, and then I just think about like, Someday are my grandkids going to be like, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to figure out how to say this. Like there were games when I was a kid that I only ever played that I never had any interest in, but I played them because my dad was like, oh, this was a good game back when I was, you know, like I love this game when I was whatever, however old. Right. And so like I went and checked it out and it wasn't for me, but I wanted to see that cultural touchstone like that thing in 25 years or are, are, are people going to be like, oh, man this candy crush was all the rage back then i want to at least experience it yeah. and there's no way like that's just an example but yeah. like so i don't know just a fun thought experiment i think just to yeah. think about i certainly am not worried about their preservation but there is a case to be made that if games are going to be preserved and there's literally no way to access these games what how does that factor into our conversation about preservation of games yeah. i think the intellectual idea of these games will remain but obviously the like practical application of them will not. sure so sure when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate however it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, here's the big news story, and this uh, news dropped today. We were kind of expecting some news today. The long-awaited Spartacus, or as it's going to be called, PlayStation Plus. Now, I know, I know you might be thinking, but we already have a PlayStation Plus. And you're right, we do. But this comes from the PlayStation blog. And uh, it goes on to say, since launching PlayStation Plus in 2010, Sony, Sony SIE has been at the forefront of innovation with game subscription services. We were thrilled to be the first console membership service, yada, 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 yada. Today, we're pleased to share with you official news about changes coming to our subscription services. This June, we're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now in an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three membership tiers globally. Our focus on providing high-quality curated content with a diverse portfolio of games, or our focus is on providing high-quality curated content with a diverse portfolio of games, blows an overview of the three membership tiers. So we'll go over these. PlayStation Plus Essential. 
basically it provides the same benefits that you're already getting now with PlayStation Plus. Uh, you get now they 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 clar- clarify it as two monthly downloadable games specifically. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four. Now they're saying two, so I would not um, be surprised to see that it goes down to only two ever. Uh, exclusive discounts, cloud storage, online multiplayer. So basically, if you already have PlayStation Plus, you now in June will have PlayStation Plus Essential. It's going to remain the same price, same everything, etc. Uh, then there's PlayStation Plus Extra. This is the second tier out of three. Provides all the benefits from the essential tier. So basically, it's PlayStation Plus current. Plus, it adds, get it, plus, it, it adds a catalog <laughs> of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. So, you know, Think of PlayStation 4 and 5 games that have come out, whether they're first party or not. We don't know what these games are going to be yet, but they will be as part of this tier and they will be downloadable specifically. I was going to say that's essential. Yes. What you just said there. And that's the difference between PlayStation Now and whatever the fuck this is. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, So this will be $14.99 monthly or $100 yearly uh, USD. Um, Canadian, it is $7 million. What's the difference we were looking at between the first tier and the second tier? I'm just curious. It's, if you go monthly, if you're doing monthly right. subscriptions, uh, it's $10 a month monthly. Difference. Difference, okay. yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, $5 a month. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. $5 a month. Gotcha. If you go yearly, it's um, $40 difference. Okay. So it's actually quite a bit cheaper to go yearly. Yeah. Um, if you're not already going yearly. Hmm. Uh, and there's one more tier, isn't there? There's one more tier. PlayStation Plus Premium provides all the benefits from the essential and extra tiers, adds up to 340 additional games uh, on top of those initial 400, including 700 fucking games, man. That's crazy. PS3 games available via cloud streaming. Brandon, your favorite. Oh, yay. A catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Notice no Vita. Just going to put that out there. Dude, is, that's kind of weird that they got PSP but no Vita, man. It is a little bit weird. No, I'm I'm sure that those are going to be playable. There's probably something that they can't make them PS Vita games playable and they can't make PSP. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. We'll get to that in a minute. PC. Uh-huh. Time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy. So you've got the initial tier, which is what we know now. You've got the second tier, which adds um, downloadable games for PS4 and PS5. We don't know exactly what they are, but there's going to be up to 400 of them. And then you've got the highest end tier, which, to answer Brandon's question before we ask it, is going to be $17.99 monthly, $120 yearly. Okay. Um, so it's really only an extra 20 bucks over the medium, the, the middle tier, um, which will allow you basically to play PS3 game streaming as well as um, uh, some of the other consoles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to get to that part I said about PC, uh, I got to find it here. Oh, it says PS, PC streaming is not available in Japan at launch and will be supported in the future update. I'm pretty sure right now you can stream your games or maybe even download them. On PC, I think you can download them. I've never tried it with with um, PS Now. 
but with this you're not going to be able to do that unless you have the um the premium tier which so some people were saying like oh they're going to be chart basically they're charging more to be able to, to play games on pc on pc yeah, yeah that are not like native to pc hmm. dave we'll start with you which tier are you going to get <laughs> uh i i i can't say um <laughs> i really can't because it's we have a number of games that they're going to give us or sure. a vague number with the two new tiers um but i don't know i don't know what that is like if it's if if the middle tier gives you like free and instant access to like ratchet and clank and returnal and and like some legitimate first party titles okay i'll have a look um but if this is effectively unlocking backwards compatibility which i know is really important to some people but i don't give a shit about because right. i i didn't buy a playstation 5 to go back and play old games i want to play new stuff um yeah this this doesn't do it for me. I'm I'm not going to change my current PlayStation Plus subscription because I think online play is essential. And I kind of thought today that, oh, man, I remember the days when you didn't need to pay extra money for online play. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, and then those those three games a month, even though some months are duds and some months are great, that's that's enough for me. Um, but this 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 didn't do it for me today. And I. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm sure we'll get into the comparisons a little bit later between this and Game Pass, but uh, you know, I'm not going to say no, but I, I need more information because all they've told us now is prices and vague numbers in terms of how many games you're going to get access to. But if those aren't games that really, really appeal to me, then it's you know, it's, it's not going to do it for me. Not yet, anyways. Yeah, hmm. Brandon, how often do you find yourself wanting to go back and play PS One? Two and three games. Uh, next to never. Next to never. Okay. Um, I will say this will be something that I try out. Sure. Um, I, I, and I think that a lot of people will feel that way. I think if they mirror Game Pass and have newer games coming out on this service, I think that would be a good selling point for them. But to simply only have older games be your draw, once again, like Dave said, it pretty much is backwards compatibility you're paying for. Right. And that's something that in the PS4 generation, everyone was up in arms about. Didn't happen. Everyone shut the fuck up about it. I haven't heard about it since. Yeah. <laughs> Happened during the PS5. And, you know, we could play the PS4 games on there. Sure. Just fine. Yeah. But nobody's been bitching about the other stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it'll be something that's cool to dip my toes into. I will be interested, and it is completely dependent on the content. Right. And I think that's obvious, but um, it will depend on the content, and it will depend on how they continue to support this. I don't want some weak-ass library that never gets updated. Right. Um, if you want me to pay some extra money for it, give me some good shit. Right. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm not saying make it exactly like Game Pass, but kind of make it like Game Pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I just hope that from the last time I saw someone play PlayStation Now, I hope that for the sake of anybody that pays money to stream these games, that they've increased the fidelity and quality of the streaming. Right. So. Yeah, for me, I very rarely find myself wanting to go back and play anything from previous generations. Maybe, I mean, I've played some PS4 games on my PS5, don't get me wrong. Uh, but for the most part, like I'm like, oh, do I want to go back and play? 
a PS1 game in 2022? Not really. Like, that's not why I bought a brand new, very hard to find console right. um, at launch. You know, I, I didn't do that so I could play old games. I, But I understand the desire, desire to do so. And it also does play a little bit into the conversation I was having, we were having earlier about that game preservation. There are games that I certainly missed, absolutely missed from PS1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, especially 4. Uh, or I mean, sorry, especially um, two, but definitely even four, even though I played a ton of games on PS4, that if they're out on the, on the service, yeah, I'll, I'll probably give it a shot, but I'll probably do it like a month at a time. Same. Yeah. Um, the thing that I'm wondering about, and we'll get into all this kind of stuff probably at a future date when they release more information. I usually buy a year at a time, and I usually buy it from like CD keys or something where I pay $30 or $40 for a $60 membership. Um so am I going to be able to dip in and out every month and be like up my subscription, lower my subscription, whatever? Uh, or am I going to have to buy everything at full price and just keep it for the whole year? So that'll be interesting to see. Am I, am I going to start? Because if I can't dip in and out month to month, I'm probably not going to ever try it out, actually. Um, but I'm still not a believer in cloud streaming and in cloud gaming. Uh, certainly, if that was the only way to play a game, I really got the hanker in the play, I'd do it. But it's not something I want to do all the time. And I agree, Dave, if they put some cool games on here that I miss, like, you know, the, I, I think there's probably a fair amount of games from the PS4 generation even, which I can play backwards compatible, I know already. But there's probably even a fair amount of games that were standout games even that I missed. If they put those on here, yeah, sure, I'll sign up for a month here and there to uh, to check those out and not have to actually purchase them. But I'm not terribly interested in the streaming parts of it for PS3 and, and backwards. So... I don't know. It's yet to be seen. Now, Dave, you wanted to, it's funny because you said, I'm sure we'll get into comparisons and I was actually specifically going to avoid comparisons, but I think it's probably smart to do it anyway. So let's go ahead and talk about the comparisons between game pass and um, the new PlayStation plus tiers. Do you have any thoughts there, Dave? Yeah. And I mean, obviously are okay. I, I got to go back to about, I don't know, a year, 15 months ago, um, Game Pass was never something that was really appealing to me because I always thought of it as a service that gave me access to older games or games that really didn't sell well or indie games. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's cool, but I mean, I don't really have a desire to play old games. Um, some of the newer games are, you know, they're on there for a reason because they they didn't really have mass appeal. They didn't sell well, just something that doesn't appeal to me. It wasn't until it was about a year ago um, that they announced Outriders was going to come day oh, one. Yeah. yeah, And that's where it all sort of changed. And as we know, that wasn't an isolated sort of incident. Since then, we've seen huge releases come to Game Pass day one, like Forza Horizon 5 and Halo. And I think we talked about it last week. Like if we sat here a year ago and said to each other, Halo's going to launch day one on Game Pass, we all would have thought we were crazy. But this is this is where the bar has been set. And if you just kind of think to yourself, there is a scenario that might play out where MLB The Show 22, a Sony first party game, is going to launch day one on Game Pass and not day one on PlayStation Plus. I realize that, uh, PlayStation Plus, these new services are going to start till June. But just kind of think about that for a sec. So, you know, you might get access to like MLB The Show 20 and the brand new game is on the competing service day one. I don't necessarily think that Sony needs to go and do the exact same thing that Game Pass is doing just to compete. 
But what they announced today, I'll circle back, didn't do it for me. And I don't think they found enough of a way to either compete by saying, you know, something crazy like God of War Ragnarok is going to be day one on the premium service. If they said that, I'm getting it. Like, because that that's that's a game that I want to play day one and assess the expectation that there's going to be more of this kind of stuff. Um, so if they're not going to compete directly, they didn't do enough to diversify. Um, the tiered thing I think is nice. The fact that they laid it out in in the way they did from the monthly price and stuff like that and, and the annual, like it's a little bit more approachable than Game Pass because based on the quick sort of math I did, it's cheaper, but you're right. getting a lot less unless backwards compatibility is something that's really, really important to you. And, you know, they say you know, there's going to be all these enjoyable titles from the PS5 era, but like what are those, what could those really be? Um, I, I said Returnal. I can honestly see Returnal being something that's like day one on on the premium sort of tier, but is that going to be enough of a draw for the masses to, to get into this? I don't really think so. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you have to compare it to what's sort of leading the market right now. And it's it's Xbox and Microsoft have just set the, the bar so high in the past 12 months with these day one releases that, I don't know, the value just isn't there on the, on the PlayStation Plus so far. Again, we don't know what all the titles are going to be. We don't know what the heavy hitters are going to be. Um, but at this point, it's 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 not looking good. And I think somebody from Sony, maybe it was Jim Ryan, came out today and said, we just don't have the resources to do the day one releases that that, you know, a Microsoft is doing. So, yeah. I mean, what does that say with who you're competing against in Microsoft? So and, yeah. and, and just to clarify something you said there about, you know, we didn't expect the, so uh, Microsoft from the day they announced Game Pass always said that their first party titles would be available on Game Pass day and date. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we didn't expect was for halo's multiplayer to be free but um we did know that like forza and and any new halo games anything first party was going to be on there but the thing that's different is that for so long microsoft didn't have anything first party releasing that anybody wanted to play and now (laughs) you know it looks like they're going to be having a lot of those games and and you're right jim ryan came out today and basically said like we don't want to put games on there day one it's not sustainable to our business model we can't invest the same amount of care into our games if we're not um, recouping dollar for dollar. And there's certainly an argument to be made about, well, does a, a large group of subscribers um, paying monthly for years outweigh, you know, a couple million people paying $70? Uh, Microsoft I don't know. thinks so. Microsoft thinks so. And they're playing the long game and they also have money to burn. Um, so that's a totally different story. But Brandon, what do you think? So we're comparing apples and oranges here. So we'll, we'll state that yeah. as a as a, yeah. a fact. But because these services are not the same, so it's kind right, of unfair right, right. to compare them directly. Sure. But should would Sony putting their first party games on their day one, even if it was a higher price, let's say that, would that be more of a convincing prospect for you? I think, as an enjoyer of Sony properties, I think that. That would entice most people, but I think I would physically still want to own these anyway. Right. Um, so I think I'm in a little bit of a unique situation. And I will give you the benefit of the doubt here, or not even benefit of the doubt, but just I will say for those who don't know, you got an Xbox, you bought Game Pass, and you still purchased Forza physically. Yes. So, so like, honestly... And that goes back to it as well. Like I've played games that I got in other formats and then like them enough that I still want to buy them. Like right. I, it is about the ownership for me at the end of the day. And so I think that 
even if the first party was available. I think if there were things like Returnal that I was less interested in, but still interested in, right. that I would bite. Um, but just to be completely frank with the audience, most of first party Sony, I'm very interested in enough to actually buy, buy it. Yeah, just like yeah. outright buy. So um, as far as the comparison goes... Uh, just just to throw that in there, I am very much a, I want to own my games games physically, especially first-party games. For yeah. whatever reason, I make a distinction in my mind a lot yeah. of times. But I will say that if they were included, there's not a chance I'd ever buy another one. I would just total. I mean, until they're $10 or yeah. something. <laughs> right. Like, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, I'll pay. I'll just, sure. I'll just yeah. stream them. I don't, or not, not stream them, but I'll download them. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but no, as far as the comparison goes, I mean... I really do think that is one of the biggest points that Game Pass does have is the day one stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I, it, it really d does just come down to, is there anything older that you're interested to play? Right. And if the answer to that is no, then these services aren't for you. Um, if you're trying to plug some holes in your library, if there's nothing specific that you want, you just want to play a bunch of video games. Right. These services are perfect. Yeah. You can have all of these games at your disposal. Um, it's like fucking Netflix for video games. Yeah. It's perfect. But um, I'm a little bit more choosy about yeah. what I play. So I don't know that aside from pop, popping in for a month and out for a month and in for a month and out for a month, right. these things usually don't hold me. And, moreover to my point i recently uh canceled my game uh game pass uh -huh. until i actually started playing it again so right but. i get it so it sounds like the three of us are not the target market that sony was going for um whenever they released this but no doubt it'll still be huge and um i'm sure they're gonna profit immensely from it and it'll do well and they'll continue to improve it and maybe we will eventually see day one stuff on there who knows we've seen some day one stuff drop on ps now I think samurai warrior um dropped on ps now that's not oh, first party but still cool. it dropped day one on there and stuff like that so we will probably see some of those things and i think part of the reason they didn't reveal shadow, that list shadow warrior shadow warrior okay. what did i say samurai warrior yeah yeah uh shadow Warrior. it's probably the same thing whatever uh <laughs> um and I think part of the reason they didn't reveal what those games would be is one, because they're still figuring it out. And two, because they do want to be able to make some announcements like, hey, so this isn't going to always happen. But by the way, this game is going to come. I think we will see that, that some games are going to drop day one on those services. Um, I don't know. I could be totally wrong there, but I, I think that that's going to be the case. So I think that, we will sorry, see there's one thing that I, I think may have gotten a little bit lost in uh, maybe not lost, but uh, it sounds like demos are coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in, in some way. And that's, I think that that isn't something that's enough to sell me, but that combined with a couple other things, like, you know, how often are we on a fence about a game because, you know, we saw some mixed reviews or our friends said a weird thing. So, you know, Nintendo still does this thing with demos. So I, I'm kind of happy to see these trials coming back. Um, yeah. That, that's that's... I were just talking about that before the show. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned that like my son is like is loves Kirby, loves old Kirby. And I mentioned to him there was a new Kirby out and he was like, oh, I, I kind of want to play it, but I don't want to buy it. And I was like, well, guess what? There's a demo. And he was so like enthralled with the idea that there was a he could play the game a little bit without buying it that he was just like amazed. And I was like, dude, when I got my PlayStation one, probably 80 percent of the first hundred hours I put into my, like I played on my PlayStation one were the demo disc that came packed in with it. Like these, we used to live off of demo discs yeah. and demos in general. And for so long we haven't had them. So I, I agree with you, Dave. Yeah. 
Dude, the only way I've ever played Medieval is on my PS1 demo disc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm serious. That is the only way I've ever played Medieval is what little bit I could play on my PS1 demo disc. My PS1 came with a demo disc. And I think they almost all did. Like the original PlayStation 1. I don't know if the, if the smaller redone version did. Um, and there were, I don't know, probably 12 games on it. 12, like one levels. Like, you know, the right. racing games had one race. One right. race. And the... the um, the the basketball game i think had one one period of basketball and and whatever else and i think i ended up buying over the years like six or seven of those games off of there it worked dude it worked worked, absolutely because i was like you know eight or ten years old there's no chance i could have afforded a game i didn't know anything about although we all had those games we bought sight unseen and hated (laughs) because there were no reviews or anything like that that we could publicly access so uh demos are huge you're right dave we did we totally glossed over that and this says for select titles you know it'd be great if they just make a way to let you download the game and and put it on a clock and play for you know 90 minutes or whatever and decide like you can usually tell in 90 minutes if you're going to absolutely hate a game you might not know if you're going to love it you might not know if you're going to stick with it the whole time but if you absolutely hate it you'll know within 90 minutes yeah and uh, if they would do that for every game, that'd be amazing. But yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. But still, something's better than nothing. I'll take it. Amen. Yeah. Boys, we're almost wrapped up. But before we go, let's talk about a little bit what we've been playing. Dave, let's start off with you. What's been tickling your fancy this week? Oh, my fancy is still being tickled by Elden Ring. Um, Ooh. I don't think I'm, I, I, I guess I'm like maybe at the halfway point. I mean, this is such a weird game where... You know, some people can finish it in 40 hours and other people can spend 100 hours, you know. Somebody just the broke the boss. record and, and beat it in under 20 minutes. Yeah, it's I like, saw, it's I like watched the first sub hour speed run yeah. uh, and I stopped watching it. Like I haven't seen any of the other ones, but totally believe it. Um, so, yeah, I'm still making good progress, still still finding my way through it. And um, yeah, but uh, I guess the other thing I said I was going to play at the end of last week's show was Monster Hunter Rise. So it was nice to pop back in and, and, and rekindle that old flame. As I mentioned last week, the Sunbreak expansion is coming out this summer. So I might try that out. I'm not 100% sure yet. But uh, yeah, other than that, not really. It's Elden Ring's really taken up most of my time. So Gotcha. Yeah. Brandon, you're up. I have finished my Elden Ring journey. There we go. Um, I achieved the platinum. Um, I told Dustin the other day it was like around 130 hours that it took me. It's a little bit less than that. It's it's in the 120s. Okay. Um, I overestimated a little bit, but um, man, oh man, I feel like something is missing a part of me. And I felt (laughs) this very same way when I beat Dark Souls 3 and I platinumed it. but, But you played Dark Souls 3 like four times, didn't you? Yeah, I played it a bunch of times. Yeah. But still yeah and i'm gonna play elden ring a bunch of times i just there is something about experiencing something the first time ever something that you really really genuinely click with that first time and never having that exact same feeling again right you know what i mean yeah never seeing the things you saw for the first time right that sort of thing because i really did go mostly dark yeah um and a lot of the stuff you know everyone was playing it it was on twitch i kind of even up until the point of me beating it, I have looked up some stuff, obviously, to get the platinum because it can be co- very convoluted at points, but I wasn't going over the top. I wasn't like watching speed runs and right. stuff until I beat it. So, um, man, just amazing. I don't know. I, <laughs> I said it a couple of weeks ago and I still, I 
I can't foresee something I'm going to like more this year. I don't want to preemptively say it's going to be my game of the year, but I think it is. I'm just going to say it again. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Um, but really, really happy with that. I want to go back actually and play it again, but Forbidden West is calling. Yeah. Um, and so I actually did pop back into that um, for a couple hours the other day and am still really enjoying that. Um, it's tough because I feel like, and this is taking absolutely nothing away from Forbidden West, mm-hmm. but I think I would have enjoyed it more if it hadn't come out so close to Elden Ring. I think, yeah. Oh, because yeah. of the two, Elden Ring is definitely more my game. Right. If that makes sense. And that's crazy because I fucking love Horizon. Yeah. So that's just telling you how much I, I enjoyed it, I guess. But... um it's good to be playing Aloy again. Um, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from that. It's an amazing game. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to uh, finishing my Platinum on that as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the I don't think I've ever Platinum two games in a row, so I'm excited to actually do that to nice. kind of like put the challenge forward for myself. So, Well, you've definitely beat the harder one already. <laughs> um, I, do, I, do, I finished up my Platinum on Horizon either last week after the show or the next day. Yeah. I think now um, it is, it is actually nice to play horizon. It, yeah. It really is. Um, even at its hardest is relaxing as fuck. Yeah. It's made for the masses. Yeah. Compared yeah. to <laughs> Elden Ring. So, right. Um, man, that's about it, honestly. Um, and I'm completely content with that. I, this isn't what I've been playing, but I've been considering Ghostwire Tokyo. If anybody in the discord, has, has any experience i know we've talked about it before but now that it's actually out i don't know anyone who's bought it like personally right, right. so would love to hear some opinions about it um i can go out and simply read reviews but i want to hear what you think right um as someone who's played it and isn't a games journalist so right. if anyone in the discord has it let me know um that might be what i do after forbidden west but i don't know yeah. so nice but anyway as I mentioned, I finished up my plat run on uh, Horizon last week and really enjoyed the game overall. I certainly think it has its issues, but they weren't enough to distract from my immense amount of enjoyment of the game. So I've gushed about that game in the past enough. Don't need to talk about it a whole lot more. Um, I do think I will get the, uh, if the, if they do DLC, which they most assuredly will, like they did for the first Horizon, I'll probably get it and play it, but I'm not expecting it to be anything amazing. Dude, the DLC was actually decent for the first one. Right, right. I agree. To be honest. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. And, and you know, I, I know we'll probably get more Horizon in the future. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed Forbidden West, and I, I liked it a good deal. But um, I then, during my what I knew was going to be my last play session before the Platinum, started downloading Elden Ring and popped into it immediately after I finished Horizon. And I'll tell you what, it's a journey. It's something. (laughs) Uh, So I think I've also expressed, I'm a very much a Souls noob. I've played uh, a couple hours of Bloodborne, but I couldn't stick with the 30 FPS because I didn't play it like when it came out initially. I played it like last year or year before. And I just was like, okay, well, there's all these rumors of a 60 FPS. I'll just wait and see. I played Sekiro and beat it. Um, I liked it a good deal, but it is a much different game than many of the other Souls games are. Uh, and that's about the extent of my experience with Souls games previous to Elden Ring. So I jumped into Elden Ring and 
played for I've gone in like guideless. I know I knew nothing about the game other than the few little screenshots I had seen here and there online. I know very little about how to play a Souls game, especially um, one more in the vein of of this. And of course, this is a lot different because it's a open world. And I quit 14 times in my first day, I think. Uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> Dude, um, you should stream it, man. That that would actually be awesome. No, I, no. Dude. It's not a game for me to stream. Oh, no, it takes too all much right, concentration. Right. I, can't, enough, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it. I know myself too well. Fair enough. Um, so I think that uh, it, it's, it's funny because like I'm really enjoying it and I'm liking the fact that I have to pretty much every new type of enemy I encounter, or not necessarily just any enemy, but like any kind of enemy of any sort of magnitude, I've got to do at least a couple encounters before I actually figure out how I'm going to kill them. And so like, not just like grunt soldiers or anything, but like the, the bigger soldiers in a pack of things, uh, it takes me, you know, two or three deaths figuring out their movements and stuff like that before I'm like, okay, now I know how to do it. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to kill them next try. And I do. And so that's been a lot of fun. And then the bosses I've only um, encountered many bosses so far. Um, and I won't talk about any of them, but like there's a couple mini bosses in, in like caves that I've gone in and beaten. And the one was, you know, basically went in three or four or five times, died each time, kept going back and then beat them. And that's like a very satisfying feeling. There yeah. was, there was one specifically that I played, I did it for like, I don't know, 10 tries. And then I was like, well, not going to beat this one right now. So I went out and leveled up a few times. And I was like, you know what? I think I want to go back and try that boss again. Went back, killed it first try. So like I Damn. get the cycle now a little bit. There's still a lot of frustration. As a matter of fact, one night I was playing and I was like getting a little fatigued. And I was like, you know what? It's cool. I've experienced Elden Ring. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I, I never intended on finishing this game. I'm getting really frustrated. It's time just to put it down. I think I'm done with Elden Ring. And I put it down and I was like watching something else and then about an hour later i was like you know what? i'm gonna give that one more try and i went in and i beat it and yes, then i played for like dude. four more hours yes dude so that's that's it though that yeah. is it what yeah. you're describing is actually it though yeah. sorry i, I didn't it, want to interrupt no, you but good. that's it yeah but it you're it consumes you like the amount of nights i've gone to bed where i'm just up and thinking and thinking yeah. and thinking like where do i go next what can i do to sort of go and improve and then come back and and what sort of like strategies did I not try? And it, it really like eats you up. And I remember Brandon, you were talking about like how hard you were thinking about your build. And I think I'm sort of at that stage now yeah. where I'm like, Oh, yeah. how, how can I tinker? How can I make this better? Yeah, man. Um, it really consumes you. It does. So I, I went with a character and, and frankly, I'll, I'll just be honest with this. I saw a lot of people complaining about magic being too OP in the game. And I'm of the opinion that if they put it in the game, it's it's how you can play the game that way. That's a style to play the game. So correct for me, it being one of my first Souls games, uh, uh, proper at least, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the easy route. I'm going to make my first playthrough uh, easy in quotes, you know, but I'm going to make my first playthrough as easy as possible. I'm going to just attempt to um, to to get through the game, see what it has to offer. And then if I decide, like once I figured out how the game works, I'll go back in with a harder class and or not a harder class, but just a different class and, right. and play it again. Or maybe I'll switch halfway through. I'll ditch my playthrough and then go, you know, whatever. So I started out with this character and I realized, oh, they don't have magic right off the bat. Their stats are a little higher, but you got to do this. And then I was just like wandering around and I got transported to this area <laughs> that I'm like, what the hell is Dude. going on? Everybody is 87 levels higher than me. Yes, it sir. tells me I can't transport out until I touch another site of grace, like the save point, you know. 
for the audience for any audience. I know no. exactly where you're at. Yeah. It, and or, or, or were. I'm like going crazy. And then I just like keep run. I just run yeah, and don't dude. stop. That's it. Until I until I like stumbled upon this box and I opened it up and there's this staff inside. I'm like, oh shit, I got a staff now. I'm a magic guy. Hell yeah. And then I go and I'm like, I try to use the staff and it's like, you can't use this. <laughs> like you can't use this yet. And I'm like, what the hell? I just got a, <laughs> I'm like a magic guy and I just got a staff. So I've I did look up. I'm like, how do I actually use magic once I have a staff? Right. And so I figured that out and I figured out how to get that. But other than that, I've been I've been pretty much going blind. Hell yeah. The good part of that is it's a lot of fun adventuring. The bad part is I'm like in the not the starting area, but like limb grade, you know, the right. And there's all these ruins and everything around. And I'm like in this kind of triangle of the map. And I know the map is gigantic compared to where I'm at now. But like I'm in this part of the map and I'm like, okay, so if I go over here to this corner there's this boss that there's no chance I'm getting past. And if I go way over here to this corner, there's this boss I'm not getting past. And if I go way over here to this, and like I just keep looking around, I'm like, I'm trapped in this little area. So I'm just basically running around, grinding, 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 leveling, 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 and then going and trying to take out a boss. And every time I take out, every time I go, I either know, okay, I can try this with a little more practice or nope, no chance I'm going to beat that guy. So that's another part of it is that like, I'm also... I'm sure there's guides out there that tell you like what to do in, in order of how to do it or whatever, even though it's an open world game. But I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to level up yeah. on these things and then try a new character, try a new enemy every now and then and progress that way. And maybe it's going to take me 400 hours to beat this game if I even decide to stick with it. I always say I'll play a game as long as it's fun for me. And that's right. what I'm doing. Good. So good. Just going I'm back to that, that area that you teleported into and everybody was like a million levels higher than you yeah. i did the same thing i think a lot of people did just because the the way that that happens is in the starting area just before we started recording today i was at a point where i was like i'm going back to that fucking area and i'm just <laughs> destroying everybody in yes, there. Yeah. dude yeah. i cleared out that dungeon and it was like a nice like full circle moment where it's like yes you've progressed how satisfying was that it was so yeah. good it was really good, good man <laughs> so so one of the guys and, and i'll end it with this but um one of the guys that it's not even a tough guy it's just like there's a okay just just a, a very super minor spoiler there's a battalion of of like soldiers right and there's a boss of those sure, that's, the, that's the spoiler there's a ton of those yeah. um yeah there's a ton of those so i went in and i was able to easily clear out on my first attempt a lot of the soldiers no problem but then the, like the main guy i was having a lot of trouble with i kept messing it up i kept getting the timing wrong my my um stamina or whatever kept going down that i couldn't block anymore like i was just having a hell of a time and so i just could not get it done and i was like you know what i'm just gonna keep leveling up and come back here and get this i don't even know if i need to kill this guy but i want to yeah and i was gone for a while i'd come back every now and then and try him again and then i finally got to the point where i was like okay i'm pretty positive i can go take that guy out and i went back and the guy who had killed me like 30 times no, not not literally but you know a bunch of times i just one shot him <laughs> like <laughs> there like, you go oh, dude that's okay it, i get it yeah that's <laughs> like, it dude yeah so I'm having a lot of fun with Elden Ring. Good man. Uh, again, I don't know if I'll stick with it. I'll play it until I'm not having fun with it anymore, like for an extended period of time. But I do keep putting it down and thinking like, okay, maybe this is the end for me. And then being like, actually, I'm going to try this now. So <laughs> that, that's been a lot yeah. of fun too. Yeah, for sure. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah, man, that's it. Unless you guys got anything else. Nope. I think we'll wrap it up. Don't forget to go over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Support us at the $1 a month or higher level. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we're starting a special fundraising campaign for Phil's funeral expenses. Oh, um, it's getting too real now. Yeah, he's been gone so long. We don't know if he's actually ever coming back or not. Um, but either way, we're going to just hold a mock funeral for him and uh, hope it works out. 
And then join us on the Discord over at handsomefandom.com slash Discord. We'd appreciate seeing you there. Otherwise, I think that's it, boys. That's it. We'll see you next week. The HP Podcast and Handsome Phantom is supported by our proud patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Hoot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavaliero, and Jason Canham. 